Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 286. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I'm Maka-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami, here visiting again today. Hey, who let her in? The door was open. I let myself in. Alright, who was the last person came in? Who forgot to lock the door? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mako-chan, I can't take you anywhere. Nope. Mm. But that's okay, because you know why? Mm. I still have several bottles of Crystal Pepsi. So do I. Mm-hmm. We'll see who's, whose stash lasts the longest. Yours, probably. <laughs> yeah, there's at least, like, eight or nine bottles in my fridge. Yeah, I think I've got four Crystal Pepsis or five Crystal Pepsis, and I think I still have two Sprite Remixes. Mm. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but there's still available Sprite Remix, that is. Um, not from what I can say. I found mine at a Dollar General. I'm still finding mine at the 7-Eleven around the corner from my house. Hmm. You guys are a lot more enthusiastic about this soda than I am. Well, I mean, maybe Ichiyoku were late. I mean, it's part of... I don't know about y'all, but for me, Sprite Remix was a part of my con going, like, 2003, 2004, around that time. A little bit, Even a little bit before that. Going to cons and picking up bottles of Sprite Remix. And as for Crystal Pepsi, it... That's part of my childhood. I mean, come on, Van Halen right now. Can't go wrong with that. I remember the Crystal Gravy uh, spoof by Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it. I don't know. It, it always tasted like liquid Skittles to me. And I, I could never get over that fact. I don't know. Like, I understand, like, some people's affinity to it. Um, I actually never got to try Crystal Pepsi um, I, I just, I never drank a lot of soda growing up, and so when, like, those, basically the cliche, like, the, the trendy sodas came out, I just, I actually didn't really have an interest in them. <laughs> I grew up kind of drinking coffee and tea and stuff, so, like, I don't know. I know that sounds really weird and hoity-toity, but, like, when I was growing up, my sister drank a lot of soda, but I didn't, because I had this weird fear of all my teeth falling out, so... I tried to steer clear of it as much as possible. Well, let me tell you. I mean, growing up, I grew up with coffee, and I grew up with tea, but I mostly drank coffee. I didn't drink a lot of soda until I was, like, in the sixth grade. By that time, my great-grandmother, Lord rest her soul, let me go to the store to buy, you know, stuff that I wanted. So I always bought, like, the cheap 50-cent top pop sodas and stuff like that, you know? Because you couldn't go wrong. I mean... Yeah, you could buy a can of Pepsi for like 75 cents, which is 12 ounces, or you can get a Top Pop, 20 ounces, and 50 cents. You can't beat that. You can still get them as a different brand. They're a dollar, but still, you can't go wrong with 20, 20 24 ounces of, of liquid sugar cola for a buck. But before that point, my great-grandmother would always get, she would get cases of 
I think it had to be Del Monte, I believe, orange juice and pineapple juice. And I was always drinking, like, those types of citrusy juices growing up. That and V8, which is why I have such a love and affinity for V8. Because I can sit there and drink a whole bottle and it's no big deal. Go fig. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along. We are live tonight, week of October 25th, 2016, here on the Fog Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash Network, where there's some brief information about the Vogue Network and some of the shows are on the network and an IRC link. If you click on that, it'll bring it directly to the chat room. The bar is open, the water is fine, so come on in, have a good time. Uh, check-ins are now live, so check into the podcast and earn some Vogue points. I just earned points by, check- by just going to the website. I got a one-year anniversary uh, swag, so definitely that's pretty cool. And if you're not listening live, there is a passphrase somewhere in this episode that will be read by somebody on this show. Once you hear that, head on over to vognetwork.com, put in the passphrase, and earn some Vogue points. And don't forget, we also have forums. So if you can't reach us via email, Twitter, Facebook, Skype, or whatever, we have our forums here. Every week we post a synopsis review of our podcast, so let us know what you think. And now that we got that all out the way... And for once, I do not hear any background noise, so bless it be, bless it be. We're going to kick things off with, how was your week, how was your day? Ari. Uh, let's see, my weekend day has mostly been work-related. Yeah? Nothing really special going on there. Um, didn't really do anything over the past weekend. And, well, the big thing that's been going on since this past week is issues with my car because I think my mother wants to declare bankruptcy and since the car was in, originally in my dad's name and mm-hmm. it got bumped over to his name after he passed my mom's willing to let my car get repossessed just to uh, save her own ass <sighs> I know that feeling not like that but the aspect of you know the parents sacrificing the child so they can get away scot-free mm-hmm and I've pretty much been, you know, looking around for wherever I can to see if I can get some kind of car in my own name. The only problem is I, I quote unquote, don't have any credit. Mm-hmm. So it's like they won't give me, like they won't give me anything, you know, new. I tried going to the dealership where I got my first, got the car I have now, and they pretty much told me without any kind of credit history, you know, despite paying my rent and my other bills on time but yeah but let me ask you this do you pay your credit card bills on time i don't have a credit card see that that's it, there it is yeah yeah mm-hmm. i would recommend applying online for an amex card or a visa card and just buy penny annie shit and just pay the minimum that's all build it see if you could do that for about six months and then try it again well, I don't really think I'll have six months because mm. I've I've been like dr- driven into this paranoid state where I'll just wake up one day and my car will be fucking gone. 
Mm. Well, I was. So, I would say. Thank, hmm? Yeah, when I talked to the, the car dealership, they said they're going to want to pay a down payment of anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars. Gotcha. I would say. Which, go, hmm, go needless to say, I don't have. I would say go to your bank and apply for a credit card. And just try that. Yeah, and just but and just buy penny any stuff and just carry a balance every month. But other than that, I've I've looked at a couple of used place, uh, used car places around here, and I have so, like I got approved. The only problem is like you know, it's nothing particularly special. It's like one of the ones like. Like, thankfully, the yeah, guy running places, you know, considerate, so he's, because he, he wants to see me get, you know, a car you know, history built up so I can get something decent later. Mm-hmm. But it's coming down to either between a, a Scion from 2010 or a, a a more recent Fiat that's a stick shift. Mm. The Fiat has about one third the miles of the Scion. Is it one of those boxcar Scions? Yeah, the smaller ones. Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. I like those. I like those. Yeah, but it's got like almost eighty thousand miles on it. I'm just worried about it, the damn thing breaking down on me. Like, especially if I have to, you know, drive away on the weekend for a con or something. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. Ideally, I can learn how to drive stick because the, the the Fiat's got like forty some odd miles to the gallon. That's you know the two seater hatchback. But I, I uh, like they have all the paperwork ready for me. I just have to go over there and tell them which one I want, and then give and then give the give the old car back. You know, get, get that record expunged, and I'll be on my own finally. Gotcha. Okay. So hopefully I'll be able to, you know, come to a decision in the next couple of days or so. It's just got me really stressed out. You know? I know that feeling. Believe you me. On, on other topics, I'm just I I believe you me. Yeah. So that's how shit's been going for me. You know what? Things are going to get bad. I wouldn't worry too much. I, like, like we were saying, you know what? Go to your bank tomorrow, apply for a credit card, and just start carrying a balance and and declare your credit. Go from there. Mm-hmm. All right. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, good. Just, uh, you know, work and all that bullshit, and then trying to get the house ready for this weekend. What's going on this weekend? I'm having a Halloween party. Yay! Halloween party! Jealous! Yeah, it's the uh, first party I've been able to actually have or go to since no longer being in retail. Well, and I, I think in that case we have to change up the music just a bit. As you were. <laughs> well, at least it's not party rock. 
Mm. Nah, I wouldn't I play. It's gonna be spooky, scary skeletons. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Why would I play Party Rock? It, it wouldn't fit um the theme of what Mako Chan's talking about. Yeah. So, uh, basically, that's it. Just decorating, cleaning, and uh, trying to figure out now what I'm actually going to wear this weekend. Oh, okay. I thought Jory was wearing your costume. <laughs> yeah, I was, um... I ordered a new dress, and it's not gonna get here in time. So, I'm gonna look around and probably uh, pull off a 50-style rockabilly Cheshire Cat. Mm. I'm just gonna wear one of my cosplays. I figure that's what most of my friends are gonna be doing. But yet you I know what both of my cousins are gonna be, so that's kinda cool. But yet you see on Facebook, I'm a cosplayer, I don't know what to wear for Halloween, you know? Mm. Alright, Ichigo, what are you wearing for Halloween? I don't recall you saying. I'm gonna be a plague doctor, because I made a steampunky, like Mori look, and I made a it was for Rufflecon last week. Uh the, the weekend before last. Sorry, mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of conventions recently. But yeah, I made a Plague Doctor that went over really well. Neat. So I was really excited about that mask and stuff. Fun times. Pro protected me from Con Plague, so I guess it worked. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I ordered a, um... I ordered a lab coat, and I'm going as I'm going to this party in the city, you know, as, as a medical doctor, because I still have my stethoscope, so, you know... That'll be kind of fun. Keyword kind of. Mm -hmm. That picture you posted earlier made me think of a doctor, but I know it was like anti-dust, so... No, no. No, no. I'll tell you more about that after the show. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of... Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? How you been? I'm really freaking busy. <laughs> Girl. Um, and it's not getting up anytime soon. Um, so I went to RuffleCon and Anime USA, and then I have NecoCon, NecoCon coming up soon. So that was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of work. So uh, it was just ridiculous. Um I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people, especially, like, a lot of our, our co-friends that, like, were mingling at RuffleCon and, and mm -hmm. enjoying that. But it, it's basically been conventions all, all this these past two weeks for me. Um, so that's, yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> you know, normal con stuff. Yup. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's been pretty uneventful otherwise. I got home and, you know, of course, just do all your laundry and stuff from con. But I originally thought that I had a cosplay that I was doing with a friend of mine. And then she ended up not going to AUSA, so I was like, yes! I don't have to work on it. I love you to death, but I'm so glad we don't have to finish it right now. Because <laughs> I basically had no energy. Because I was, as you guys kind of, if you guys keep up with my page and stuff, I, I was working, working, working up until the point of RuffleCon on my big competition piece. And then I had basically no energy after that. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So I, I was really excited and I was really proud um, 
of my panels and stuff that I completed because I was that was basically why I was there was being panelist and then competing in some um, of the competitions and stuff. No energy at the end. That explains a disturbance in the force. Yo. My weekend day has been pretty interesting, you know. I finally cleaned up from the flood. The issue was the was the, was a slight smell. All I could really do was just spray and vacuum certain parts, so I was able to get some decent, strong enough carpet cleaner, which took care of that. Um, ordered stuff for my Halloween costume this weekend, which I'm being like a medical doctor, you know. Figured lab coat, slacks, stethoscope. It'll work. Um, I actually, let's see, I took out my Nozomi figurine that I got from AAC, and that's sitting out on display, and I realized I need, I kind of need one more to even out the balance of figurines I have, because I have about, I have two Nozomis up here, one Neo, one Sailor Moon, one Sailor V, one... Uh, Maya Natsume, one Twilight Sparkle, one Rabian Rose, one Artemis, one Mario Placard with all the crew there, and four Sailor Venus figures. And I'm not counting the keychain or the pen either. I think that's all that's all it's that's how it's been except for the usual getting up going to work walking up the street walking a half a block and realizing I'm forgetting something and going back and forth back and forth and I'm like you know what if I have to go back one more time fuck it and when I got on the train I realized I left my gym bag and then I realized yesterday that I forgot to send my my grandparents birthday cards so first thing in the morning Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like, and I feel so bad because their birthday was about a week and a half ago. I was like, "Fuck." Well, they have the best a... grandson award goes to. Well, my grandmother will will testify to this. I have always oh. forgotten their birthdays, always. I think for two years I knew when their birthdays were and I actually remembered because their birthdays are like five days apart within five days of each other and two years I forgot again. I still haven't unboxed um, that one piece of furniture I got from Ikea. I really need to get around to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, well, once I unbox that, that's where I'm putting most of my cosplay stuff. And then my next goal is I finally figured out the type of dresser that I want. So I, I'm going to get that, put a media shelf on top of that, and ha- lay everything out. And I think this weekend I'm actually going to get around to tr- actually attempting to fix my PS3. Nice. Yep, yep. Yeah. So so much stuff, so little time and all that craziness. Alright, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And when we get back, uh, Ichigo is going to tell us about RuffleCon. We got some news coming up, some interesting articles, 
and then some. All right, shall we take our first break, team? Sure. sure. We'll be back.
you know, as I'm sitting here trying to figure out like music and stuff to play during the breaks and stuff, I'm starting to slowly realize I'm kind of running out of ideas, which is why I'm kind of thankful I do the show as, as seasons. That way I can go back and pull something from a prior episode and throw it in there. And I have to remember to start downloading like B-side tracks and stuff. But anywho, um, before we continue into uh, tonight's broadcast, sorry about that, didn't mean to blow out anybody's ears, we have a bit of breaking news coming out of uh, Tokyo, Japan in regards to something about a Comic-Con being reported to us by Anime News Network. There is a Comic-Con there called Tokyo Comic-Con, which is the Japanese counterpart to San Diego Comic-Con. It seems that they have decided to ban male crossplay. Oh boy. Yeah. The rule is listed on the event's official cosplay guidelines as a pull-up Point beneath restrictions like no real military costumes, excessive skin exposure, and transparent costumes. And oddly enough, I just read an article earlier where a local J pop group actually donned Nazi style outfits for a concert. Oh boy. Yeah, I read that, and evidently there was another group that did that, and they listed Adolf Hitler as somebody to look up to. Oh, really? You have to understand, this is Japan here. I would assume history is slightly changed, and yeah. But getting back to this, this particular ban is only targeting men dressing as female characters, but not vice versa. But it's actually surprising as a common thing at cosplay events in Japan. According to Naoko Takibana, a photographer who built her career providing services for LGBT, the events placed this specific ban out of fear of not passing costumers. Event staff are wary of attracting a large number of stereotypical, unattractive men dressed as women. Crossplay used to be banned from an event in Osaka that took place in a government-owned building, but residents were able to convince the government to lift the ban. Interestingly enough, San Diego Comic-Con does not have an equivalent ban at its own convention. Uh, you do realize, if they listed that, the entire cosplay community would lose its proverbial shit. Mm-hmm. I get why, but I don't see. I don't think they should do this, but if it happens, I give it a year before they change that, you know? My question is, would they still ban a guy for wearing a dress if the character themselves is a guy wearing a dress? Like Shingo Mama? Well, stuff like that. Um, not necessarily a dress, but uh, like uh, Noriko from Fushigi Yugi mm-hmm. is a guy who dresses like a female and sometimes acts like a female and sometimes doesn't act like a female. Man, or you've got video like game a, characters. Cross-dressing that... cloud. Yeah. Walmart got, cloud. You know... Yep. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you know, you've got different video game characters that you wouldn't even realize that they were women to be, uh, that they were men to begin with. Oh. 
Um, so where, where do you draw the line? I don't know. Um, Ichigo, what do you think? Well, having experienced a few um, more than enlightening um, forms of this particular style of cosplay, there are some people who do it well and some people who don't do it well. Um, you know, it's cool for fun if you're trying to troll people, if it's, in, you know, an intelligent trolling or, like, intentionally done that way, or if you're doing it really well. I have a few fellow of my fellow cosplayers, especially my friend Reika and, and people of that notion that are actually... Um, doing it and, and completing the whole process very well. Um, as far as Japan uh, kind of banning it from their conventions, um, unfortunately, seeing this from the societal issue um, standpoint, I think what they're trying to do, which is kind of funny because it's ironic in a way, um, the the state, the, 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 the nation that basically perpetuates kind of <laughs> some some lowly con and 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 not talking about like Lolita but lowly con and pedophilia porn and things of that nature uh, and they're a little bit more I mean it, it's not like widely accepted but it seems like America is more persecutory of that kind of thing than Japan is because there are public stores you can go to in Japan um, they may not be listed on the elevator but you can go down to the floor and there are stores that explicitly sell this stuff. Um, or jo doujinshi that deal with those particular subjects for them to kind of turn around and go, you know, oh, males are not allowed to dress in revealing clothing because we don't want to attract that kind of person. When if you look at otaku and it's kind of kind of selected ideal in Japan and Japanese culture, like otaku is already ridiculed. Why are you then going to ridicule a subculture built out of a ridiculed culture that you already hold in contempt um, when it's supposed to be a safe place for, for like-minded nerds to get together? Um, I feel like they might consider it maybe that it's making a joke of characters that they're revering. I know that mm -hmm. this is like crazy and I'm, I sound really passionate about it, but like as far as the cosplay goes, I feel like it shouldn't be an issue, but it all depends too on the corporations and then the kind of target market that they're going for. I could see it maybe being an issue if they're trying to do it for both sides, if they're wanting to make a, like both cross-playing females and cross-playing males, if they're trying to create a more society, societally, politically friendly and family friendly event where they're expecting kids and families to come more often. But if it's just the same kind of groups like we're seeing in America, where it is basically people from the age of 16 to whatever, you know, just coming to enjoy the costumes, then I don't see why it's such an issue. But that's where I stand on the subject. Well, as, some, as a friend of mine was saying, who is a cross-player, he says cross-playing doesn't go over too well at various conventions, popularity and so forth. You know, I get that. I feel, you know, if it's... I see nothing wrong with cross with cross-playing, you know? Some people are very convincing. I have been fooled several times. I think, fool me, you did one hell of a job. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't think it's hurting nobody, so... But Doesn't I, bother me. No, but I think there will be some people who might try to take advantage of the situation, which I get. I just think this is going to have to be like a trial basis and just see how it goes from there. I'm expecting the backlash to be highly negative, though. Mm, probably. If there's any updates to this story, we will definitely let y'all know.
And as we go into the chat room at um, live.vognetwork.com, Rageinator says, isn't Bridget from Guilty Gear a cross-dressing boy? Yeah, yes. that's part of the story, though. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, apparently in the town which he lived in, They, he was the uh, youngest of uh, twin boys, and Nate, and the people there have a suspicion, have a, like a weird superstition about, you know, twin boys that are, being, that are born. So his parents, you know, you know, gave him a girl's name and had him dress up like a girl. So, mm. yeah, but that's that's just it. You know, is a guy able to cosplay as that character, knowing that it's a guy dressing as a girl? Or is that also against the rules? Even though technically the character they're cosplaying is a guy. Yeah, see? So, that that's yeah. that's what I'm questioning. You know, like we said, it's it's gonna cause a lot of issues it's gonna cause a lot of issues and you know piss a lot of people off. Well, we'll see how, how that will turn out. Um, if we go back to our chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Um, uh, let's see here. Dark Tetsuya says, so no man Faye? I don't really know how open Japan is about that sort of thing, so I can't comment. And Bob Coffey responds with, man Faye is something that should never be spoken of. I still have PTSD from seeing man Faye in real life. I, I'm sure the yeah. guy cosplaying as Faye Valentine is a perfectly normal, adjusted human being. I th- I think he did that mostly for shits and giggles because he was banned from AX for a year because he was it was it, his man it was a little inappropriate. No, nobody. Wanted, oh, I rem- yeah. I remember him uh, being caught on video, you know, ranting about it, and one of the arguments he made was they're selling tentacle porn in there, and I'm the one who's obscene. Obviously, he was being sarcastic. Yeah. And also, Bob is telling me that I need an LEG to go with my nose of me. So maybe the next figurine I get, I buy, I'll get the matching one to go with that. We'll see. Nah. You're probably right about that because I also have a nose of me plush hanging here, just sitting here too. Yeah, you've got to go into the next series. Yes, I need a Johanne figurine, seriously. <sighs> She's crazy, but I like her. Anywho, now that we got that out the way, I want to inform you all of something else that has just recently happened. Um, SAG-AFTRA has authorized a strike. There is pretty much a video game game, uh, video game voice actor strike going on as we speak. Uh, let's see. I did have the link up. Uh, that that kind of went into uh, that kind of went into details about that. Um, pretty much the main thing is they want better pay, they want residuals, and they want more break time and better working conditions. Because I have a lot of voice acting friends on my Facebook. And when I watch what they do. And then I hang out with them and talk to them. 
I definitely understand how, you know, how much effort they put into those voices and constrain those vocal cords, you know? Especially the, especially parts with a lot of screaming in them. Uh-huh. Screaming or or manipulating your voice to be, Hi, Japanese schoolgirl! Or, mm-hmm. like, really buff dude with bro powers. You know, yeah. like, it, it takes bro a lot... Powers, bro powers. Bro powers. Just bump, bro. Like... <laughs> you can start to hear me. Oh gosh, hail Lord Il Palazzo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's stressful and straining. If I'm not mistaken, the voice actress for for that character from um, why is Hyatt it? from Excel Hyatt, Saga? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it was Excel. She had to take a break as she strained her vocal cords doing the voice. Yep. Uh huh. Pretty much, yeah, and yeah. I heard something like she was going to get permanent damage if she kept it up, so she had to take a break. Yep. Like, she physically had to. Yes. Pretty much, they also want um, a bonus for every 2 million copies of a game sold or, or subscribers and so forth. The companies are saying that not even people that work there are getting, like, residuals off the games. And if you ask me personally, if I'm busting my ass on a video game and it sells well, I think my entire team should get some type of residual based off of that. Oh, well, that's that, yeah. that's just the thing. Mm-hmm. What the voice actors are asking for is nothing more than their actor counterparts are already getting. Yes. In the like in a similar union, uh, it's uh-huh. the same deal with you know the. Uh, <sighs> Damn. You know, um, it, it kind of, I get it. It's like, you know, so to some companies, it's like, well, these voice actors are, aren't seen, so they shouldn't get the same effect. I have seen some people working in the booths, and they put so much energy behind all of this, you know? Oh, yeah, they're killing their voices. Mm-hmm. That's why if you listen to some of the voice actors when they first started, and some of the voice actors now... Yes, some of it's age, but a lot of it is just how much damage they've given their voices. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not visual actors, like you don't see them on a screen, some of them physically put their bodies into their voice acting because you have to sometimes do method to get the sounds you want from the actual character. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing, like, a, a war or first person shooter and it's nothing but screaming and you know they go into those booths and they might have a four hour session of nothing but screaming mm-hmm. or or like Link where he's just like ha ha yeah yeah you know like it's the same sounds over and over again and sometimes whoever's doing that voice may have to come in and do refresher voices because maybe the game is slightly different so the voice has to be a little bit different who knows you know Imagine what the mm-hmm. cast of Dragon Ball Z has to go through. Exactly. And from from my, I'm pretty understand- sure like guys like Chris Sabat and Sonny Stray should be collecting hazard pay. Definitely. Did it, you also see the rebuttal from another website that actually does um, indie voices and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, voice realm. Yeah, they're like, well, since they're striking, oh, we got you covered. They tried to cover their t- their asses and say, oh, our site was hacked. Well, the damage has already been done. I shared that. Now, 
this strike went into effect on Friday. The strike is against 11 video game publishers over games that went into production after February 17th, 2015. Now, you have to understand, a lot of games that voice actors work on now, you won't see for six, seven months. Yes, the script is there, and they need to have, have them in the script. That way, when they work on the game or do the WD, they can lay down the tracks proper. The Some of the companies in question that are being struck against is EA, uh, Activision, Disney. Yeah, so, and they have to use union yes, workers. They have to. What? So all these indies saying that, oh yeah, we'll just you know we'll take over. Too bad, so sad. Yeah, what's going to happen is some of these indie places are going to. They're going to be some scab. I'm telling you, there's going to be a couple of scabbards in the games. It's going to happen. They, but not a lot of games because you're not going to be able to effectively voice match uh, various people. That's not going to happen too well. So, what's going to probably happen, games are coming out, either going to be delayed, or they're going to release the game with just a Japanese-only track with translations. We'll see how that goes. subtitles? Yes. Which I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it either, but you know what? This all happens to all of us. I'm just saying, this happens to... The thing is, it's it's not just the, the Japanese games that are coming over here most of the disney games and the Nickelodeon games those are dubbed in english first mm-hmm. so those are the ones that are going to be because most of those are for kids yep those are going to be screwed yep and as crispin freeman says here it's a very small number of games that were triggered a secondary compensation issue this is an important aspect of what it means to be a freelance performer who has to go from job to job, who regularly, who regularly employed every single day working on project, isn't? Because a lot of voice actors, voice acting is not their main job. A lot of them work in theater. They do other jobs as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you want more information about the strike and you want to hear from the point of view of the voice actors, head on over to GameActorsForAll.com. Again, it's GameActorsForAll.com. There is a nice little uh, audio clip um, from Stephen J. Bloom, as you all know as Spike from Cowboy Bebop and Tom from Toonami. He gives you a nice brief introduction and information on, on the meat and potatoes of what's going on here. And I support them. Simple as that. I mean, uh-huh. I, I used to I used to be a union guy, and I and I kind of get some of the BS that goes around. Ari, he's a union guy, so he knows. Oh yeah. Uh huh. All right, now that we got that out the way, um, hold on, I need to find something here because I don't think I have anything. on my computer that kind of fits this. So this is for Ichigo. All right. All right. Take this out. Now we're going to talk about RuffleCon. So the floor is now yours. You need to get something nice going. <laughs> Twinkly sounds, moe sounds, generic yeah. anime idol intro. 
it's not it's pastels not... everywhere. Yeah. I I I would sing a Moe song, but my Moe songs are a little bit more morbid, so I don't I don't know if they fit well. You are a death yonder and you know it. <laughs> Ah, perfect. Mm -hmm. I was expecting you. Welcome to Ichigo's review of RuffleCon, um, an alternative fashion convention held in Connecticut, Stamford, Connecticut. Um, this year it was on the, I want to say, the dates for it uh, slipped my mind, but it was not this past weekend. It was two weekends ago. It was the beginning it, of October it, it was kind the, of time. It was the 14th to the 16th, the same weekend yeah. as AAC, so... That's what it was, yes. Mm -hmm. It was the 14th or the 16th. Um, it's basically liquid in my mind because my brain is now mush. Um, it was a lot of fun. I actually had a ton of fun with my friends. Um, but the weekend kind of started off kind of crazy for me. Um, I was riding up with a friend of mine, uh, Agato um, from Agato Designs. Um, and Paulina was a good friend. Um, and we were staying at her house. Um, me and my friend Amanda were staying at her house because we wanted to make it as easy as possible in the morning to get up because the drive to Connecticut is about five to six hours um, and the tolls, you know, take up time and money. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make it worth our time <laughs> um, to get up there early on Thursday and try and at least enjoy some of the area before the convention's craziness started up because a lot of us, like me and Paulina, were both participating. Um, we both participated in the competitions. So there was a label competition which required multiple fashion pieces. And if I know you guys who frequent the show know that I'm a fashion designer, yep, yep. I participated in the individual competition with a big piece that had a lot of moving parts and pieces to it. So I had to make sure that it all looked tip top. However, wait, wait. the night before the convention and driving up, um, we ended up dealing with uh, not one, but two fire drills. So we're hanging out. We go to sleep at about, well, everybody else goes to sleep at 11, but of course I'm crazy and an insomniac. So I went to bed at one. Wait, the wait, first wait, part... wait, wait, Ichigo. Did you just say your piece had moving parts? I mean, it didn't have functional moving parts, but it had parts that opened. Like, I made my bustle into a bag. So I was dressed in oji, which is what we call prince style, which is just the boy, like the the male counterpart to Lolita, because okay. I wanted to wear pants. Because when you said moving parts, I'm picturing like the, like the bustle or whatever, just like automatically rising up and down or some shit like, yeah, like, like floating or some crazy sh with LEDs and, and gears and stuff. It is a steampunk like convention. When I say it's an alternate fashion convention, it isn't just Lolita or J fashion. There are, of course, your fairy K, your visual K 80s hair rockers, your um, goth. You know, and your steampunk community, as well as people who are doing period garments from Victorian era and Edwardian era and things like that. They had guests like American Duchess, who's a very, oh, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners may not know, but American Duchess, she's an independent shoe designer that's very popular. She recreates period style shoes, like from the French, um, kind of like the, the, Rococo and um, Victorian shoes and things of that nature for the modern day so you can actually buy appropriate shoes if you're a reenactor and they're good quality so they last a long time but anyway 
they had a bunch of really great fashion guests and things like that, like the Ties That Bind, who's a corset maker. They had Triple Fortune from Japan, who came out um, and did, they were one of the headliners. And then a good friend of mine um, from up here is part of Misbehaving Maidens, who is kind of this very feminist, kind of awesome, positive, reinforcing reinforcement of, of ideals and, and in their music they, they talk about a lot of topics that a lot of people consider taboo. Um, that's my friend Erin. She's part of Misbehaving Maidens and they're kind of really cool. I, I got to actually see them in concert this time so that there was you go, exciting. There you go. Slow down. Slow down. We have time. I know you sound really... so hyped and excited. <laughs> I'm just saying slow down a little. Okay. <sighs> okay. I'm going to take that breath. But yeah, so even before we got there, as you can see, I was very excited about everything. Um, we had the fire alarms. <laughs> so, Attack of the Fire Nation again. All right, I because Katsukon was not enough. I think, starting in 2017, we should have, like, a convention bingo card, and when shit like this happens, we should start popping it off, and just, you know, we really should. But please get <laughs> I feel like it already exists, but if somebody could put in like multiple fire alarms on there, I would be excited. Thank you. Because oh. uh, <laughs> I know that there's one that exists for like the types of cosplayers you see and stuff like that, but I don't know if there's one that includes a fire alarm. So, hey, Bob, get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, and then of course, um, we had to wake up the next morning. So, so the first fire alarm went off at two and then, um, around two. And then the second one went off around four. We ended up getting back into the building within like 20 minutes of each fire alarm. So it wasn't heinous, but trying to get sleep around that to have a six hour drive the next day was fun. Yes. Fun. We'll call it that. Mm. You don't sound too convinced. <laughs> I've been trying to convince myself since it happened. But, I mean, I got to spend time with my friends, so I guess that was the, the win for that. Um, it's crazy, though, when you're driving up the tolls, like how much, I think it was like $50 each way um, nice. just to get up to oh. Connecticut. Yeah, from here. No, it's, it's fit, so it's $100, basically, to, to get up there and come back. I mean, I know I've researched the tolls up to New York before, and it was around 200 but... Wait, that's, wait, 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 that's a little too pricey, because Ari, from your house up there, how much did you pay in tolls? I'd say, like, seven bucks to go from um, the, go to the length of the turnpike I need to, I think mm -hmm. $15 to get over the bridge mm -hmm. into uh, New York, on the Staten Island, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another 13 for a different bridge, and then, uh, I think one more bridge out of New York State was like eight bucks. And the tolls in the Massachusetts Turnpike were dirt cheap by comparison. I yeah. think we were on the Massachusetts Massachusetts Turnpike twice, and we didn't pay any more than like two dollars and fifty cents in tolls altogether up there. Yeah, and also you can um, take alternate routes. Like part of the reason we saved money off of ninety five is Ari missed a turn, but it took us to the Bronx River, to the Cross County, to the Hutch to the Merritt Parkway, and, uh, and interestingly enough, taking that direction took us the same amount of time if we were on 95, except that we didn't have to pay a toll. Okay, there's yeah. a little bit difference when it there's a little bit of a difference when it mm -hmm. comes to coming up from Virginia, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, right. right. That, that... Because 
we have all of those bridges and shit to go through. So Yeah, the ones in the inner harbor are pretty nuts too. Yeah, because they go anywhere. Um, I think the cheapest toll we paid was like five dollars. There might have been a three dollar toll that we paid on the way up, but honestly it was like five dollars to fifteen. I think the most expensive one was fifteen, and I think that, that was when either when we were entering New York or when we were exiting New Jersey off of the turnpike. I know that one was like thirteen dollars. Gotcha. But it, I mean, it adds up, and I might be saying two hundred because it might be like a hundred dollars to get up there and a hundred dollars to get back. Mm-hmm. But it was it was expensive um, to get up there. But I mean, we ended up getting around in in town around um, three p.m. and okay. we drove through New York City. If you guys caught my live stream on my Facebook, some um, of it. I tried to to make sure <laughs> that I live streamed when we were going through New York. So I've been to New York. I can say that now. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, we, we got in about 3 p.m., and we had to run a bunch of errands for last-minute supplies and things like that just to get snacks and booze and, you know, normal con stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had an early start the next day, so I think we might have run into some of our calm. Like, I think, I want to say, I don't want to say 70%, but maybe, like, 60 to 70% of our calm from this area, like Charm City and the Nova area, were at RuffleCon, which was kind of amazing because it was, like, home away from home at that point. Um so we, we kind of hung out a little bit, and then I think we all went to bed at that point. Like, it, it got later in the day. I think we ate dinner and then just kind of went to sleep because we all had to be up super early the next day. Now, this was the Thursday going up or the Friday? Yeah, this was the Thursday going okay, up because we were not yeah. going to do the bed drive uh, on Friday. Because Yeah, because honestly, right. yeah, honestly, if you're going to a con and you have to travel more than, like, four hours, yeah. it's best to go up. It's best to get there Thursday. Yeah, I'd say, like, three hours is probably my max, just because if you go any higher than three hours, you risk having, like, two hours added on just for sheer traffic or congestion or accidents and stuff. And um, considering I know, like, gridlock traffic, I know you guys know it because up in New Jersey and New York, like, it, it, it it's crazy. But in D.C., it's, um, I know we were rated, like, worst in traffic like, number one worst in traffic a few years ago. It might have even been last year, too. Mm. But we just really have horrible traffic. Um, like, today, it took me two hours to go, 31 miles, to get back to my house from my friend's house where I had tea today. So that was fun. Wonderful. Now, um, how did Friday go? Friday, we woke up at about, I want to say, 8 to 9. I know some of my roommates got up a little earlier, and I got into my outfit, which, oh, my God, okay. There was a lot of parts. But... I didn't have to be in until 1 p.m. Now, my friend, the Bloody Tea Party, my friend Maddie Hatter, who's actually in the chat with us right now, joining us. Hello. Love you. Um, and my Hello. friend, Agato, Paulina, from Agato Designs by Grace of the Goddess, were in the label competition. So they actually had to be in, I think, um, some of them had to be in as early as like 8 or 9 o'clock, because um, with the way that they were running the show, it was happening during opening ceremonies. So they had to have all of them practice their walk, and get all their models dressed and all this other stuff. Um, and so their practice is kind of ranged until, like, noonish. Uh, there was, like, some miscommunications, unfortunately, with this convention. So there were instances where, like, it just, the, the schedule wasn't right or, or people were in the wrong place at the, right, the wrong time or we were in the right place at the right time, but then it was delayed. So there were instances where it was a little bit confusing, um, because there were just miscommunications or there were delays. Um, but the staff was really good about being on top of things. Um, 
as far as trying to communicate with us and stuff like that. But there were instances where it was like the information we were getting was kind of counterintuitive. So like what we expected, because initially with the individual competition, we expected to go on for 30 seconds. Um, but they they only got five of us. Oh. So they were expecting 25 and they only got five of us. Oops. So then they came back and they were like, yeah, so y'all aren't going to take up that half hour that we thought you were going to take up. So just, you know, take a little extra time. <laughs> but we kind of all just stared at each other and went, yeah, we'll just do 30 seconds because people are going to be tired of us after that. <laughs> okay, well, before, before you continue, uh, your friend in the chat room here, the Bloody Hatter, says over at live.vognetwork.com, I only had to be in at 1230, but I wake up at 530. I don't sleep at cons. Mako-chan, I think you can attest to that about me. Yeah. I go to bed late and get up early. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's... Most of the time, yeah. CST, yeah, he, constant he'll, he'll only get to bed at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And then for some god-awful reason, this asshole <laughs> is up at like 7 o'clock. <laughs> and, I... and what do I do? I go right down to the gym. <laughs> Oh my god. You're crazy, Rama. Not really. Yeah. No, no, no. He'll go to the gym, and then after that, he'll go and get a fucking bacon donut. <laughs> Ew! Why would you do that? That's so counterintuitive. I, <laughs> I earned because it. Because he went to the gym so he could enjoy his bacon donut. Treat yourself. Damn right. <laughs> and just so you know, when I went to the gym, this was at Zenkai Con, I ran into my buddy... Kevin Bulk. He, like I said, he is one of the reasons why I go to the gym. So, you know, I thought it was really cool seeing him down there. And as Bob Coffey says, con time equals no sleepy time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I do stay up a little later than a lot of my roommates. And I'm feeling, I kind of feel bad sometimes because I'll get back into the room. I shower at night just because I don't like to run into people when everybody else is trying to get ready in the morning, especially at an alternative fashion convention. Mm. Hi. Um, so I try to take a shower at night and I always feel like, you, you know, when you're like the last person in the room, everybody else is asleep. Like anything you do sounds extremely loud and incredibly close. Unless like, you are he heavy sleepers like, like us. Oh yeah. No, I, I think all my roommates said that they never woke up to me, but I always like, I felt like an asshole because I dropped my shampoo bottle one time and it clattered and I was like, shit, 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 shit. And I couldn't curse loudly because I didn't want to wake anybody up. So, fun times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that there was just a little bit, but it went it after that it went fairly smooth at least for the individual competition. Like we did our walk and they had it set up so that the individual competition was before the label and then they changed, like, when the prizes were going to be announced, because initially it was going to be at the end of opening ceremonies, which I was like, that makes sense. They want to entice people to stay at opening ceremonies. That's fine. Um, you know, but then they changed it to uh, that they were going to announce it after the label competition. So, I mean, I was going to say for opening ceremonies. Anyway, I'd kind of, like, cleared off my schedule. I mean, there were some interesting panels. Actually, this con has a lot of really great panels if you're into a lot of, like, period proper... Um, uh, fashion and things like that they had a lot of things like oh gosh okay on friday they had things like resin crafting and 
things about steampunk, like an introduction, because they actually had citizens of Antiford, which is like a group of steampunkers in that local area to Connecticut and things of that nature. Um, and of course they had triple fortune, which if, if you ever meet Madeline in person, she just gets flustered cause they're her bae. Mm. Um, and then of course things like how not to be stupid when you're on the internet and there are trolls. Um, and, and things like introduction to draping. So people who got into sewing and things like that. Um, it was kind of cool. There were a lot of panels that I wanted to go to, but I'm unfortunately, you know, you, you choose one or the other. Um, <laughs> So I did the competition because it was being sponsored by Simplicity, which is a big brand known for um, mass, their mass production patterns and things like that. Um, so it was really cool to be able to participate in that. And um, I ended up winning. I tied for first place um, with a lovely lady named Pandora who did this witch kind of outfit that was very cute. It was like a little witch outfit. Um, she made her hat and her blouse and her dress and everything. So she was really, really sweet and adorable. Um, but again, there was just a small group of us. So I think everybody kind of won something except for maybe like one or two people. Um, which I mean, it was kind of sad because the group, when it's a small group and only a few people don't win, it, it, it kind of sucks, but it's a competition, so it is blood on it the is. floor. I don't know. Um, so it was a lot of fun, and um, the only thing, though, is that they had a bunch of the labels, uh, the label participants write up descriptions for their outfits that never got read, so that was a little disheartening. Um, <laughs> and, of course... As, as Maddie is saying, like, Triple Fortune is huge in the Lolita community for their fashion and stuff. She's like, people had to get their bonnets. So they have a lot of other stuff besides just the competitions for the fashion shows. They also have, like, a couture showcase, which is, like, a high-end, super detailed fashion show for the specific guests that they have. Because, again, it's a fashion convention. Mm -hmm. They're going to have fashion guests. Um, and so they had a couture showcase, and then they had a fashion show. Unfortunately... Um, that was all on Saturday during my, like, right before and after my panel. But continuing on Friday, um, the rest of the day after the competition wrapped up was pretty, I don't know, it wasn't uneventful, but it was kind of quiet after that because the rest of the panels that I wanted to go to were either canceled or um, they weren't what I expected um, or they were limited. So there were instances where they had certain like beading workshops or sewing workshops because that's what I do um, that I wanted to go to, but they had a cutoff for the amount of people that could attend. So Friday, I think I just ended up hanging out and I went to some of the concerts. I went to the Misbehaving Maidens concert because I love my friend Aaron to death and they are amazing in concert. And then there was um, a few other things going on. And then there was a midnight garden pool party that I went to, which Ooh. it was fun. I even made myself like a, like a 1900 style swimming dress for it. But then like, I don't know, I wanted it to be more. And then it was kind of weird <laughs> because they came in while we were swimming. We went in and we were swimming and, and there was supposed to be like a raffle thing um and stuff like that going on and they came in to take pictures and they were like so anyone who doesn't want their picture taken 
swim to that side of the pool and anybody who wants their picture taken stay on this side of the pool so it was like segregated swimming for a little while and it was really weird i don't know i it was a weird thing because they they broke it up and and it, it i don't know it felt very weird and alienating and it was very strange to me i just didn't understand that but yeah no that's what people were comfortable with so that's how they did it um and i you know and i never realized how bad pools are for trying to talk to people like they have such bad sound rebound and and reverberance and and vibration that it just you cannot talk to anyone in the pool adult swim y'all mm. um, so that was basically friday i finished up the pool party and then i went back up to sleep because on saturday i actually was gonna get i i, I think i hung out with some of my calm during the earlier part of the day before the concert and yeah. um, we ended up planning to go to a tea house in uh, Stam Stamford in Hartford or New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut, called the Drawing Room. Mm -hmm. So the next day I had that planned. So on Saturday we all woke up kind of early, and um, my friends went off. My roommates went off and kind of did their own thing. They were they were enjoying the convention, but I went off with some of our calm mates, who are also some of my very good friends, and we went out and had a local tea house, the Drawing Room. Uh, the scones were on point, which is really hard to uh, do well because, you know, we're picky about our scones. You, you know what, Ichigo? <laughs> you and your friends need to get all Lolita up, and I need to take you out to Alice's teacup. I know! I want to go up. Go. I have so many great themed tea houses up there, and I just want to do all of them, and I want to roll around in all the fabric and, then... and meet all the kitties at the cat cafes and, like, live there for a month and, i don't know and then there's <laughs> another place out on long island i think it's called the witch's brew i've been there and it's pr it's a little pricey but the ambiance is really nice yeah i mean when you um when you have a tea house like that and it's really sad because we actually just recently lost one of our tea houses we actually it didn't even happen with the hurricanes there was just literally a man manufactured flood that occurred in Ellicott City in Maryland oh, due yeah. to the way that they've built up the infrastructure and the housing and the fact that engineers are bloody money suckers when it deals with city planning and things of that nature. So they had created a basically a luge out of these bigger, higher neighborhoods up on the hill that basically washed out all of the shops off, off of this main street. Um, because it was it was basically right off the water. It was right on the water table. So anytime there was going to be a flood, it's obviously going to occur. Like, the, it's going to reach up. But this actually reached up higher, and it took out a clock that had been there for, I don't know how many years, but a long time. So it was nice to be able to go into a tea house, and it's nice to have access to all these other ones. But see on the Tiber, you will be missed. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so we went to the drawing room and we ended up getting back by 11 o'clock because, again, the fashion shows that were going on, um, they, and I had a panel that day, so yeah. um, we got back at 11 and we sent off our friend Carolyn to get into her Magical Girl transformation sequence and be part of the fashion show. Apparently a lot of my friends, my local friends, were actually in the fashion show and I didn't recognize them. Wow. So that was awkward. 
Wig blindness is a disease, guys. <laughs> it happens. It happens all the time. So um, then the fashion show went on for the designers that they had as guests. Um, so they, again, had Triple Fortune. They even had this great um, Finnish designer called Cloudberry Lady who um, had created this kind of almost fashion documentary um, of her, of a look of this girl going through the forest. It was very Lolita-esque. I mean, if you know the Japanese fashion and the subculture and things like that, you you know that it's very, like, I'm a princess that's just come out of the forest and I just want to enjoy Victorian Rococo fashion. It was basically this beautiful kind of motif of of what her fashion was and, and, and who she was as a designer in a, in a video. So she had this video play and then her stuff came out. Um, and then... I had my panel, and for some reason during the fashion show, I don't know, I get social anxiety, so I started having a panic attack, so I had to leave, and I went up to my panel room, because they hadn't scheduled anything, so I was like, I'm gonna go, calm my mind, because people freak me out, um, so I went out, and I set up for my panel, I did a panel on laundry, which I know sounds so exciting, so, so very interesting, um, but, you know, I don't like petticoat stank, and I don't like pit stains. I don't think that they're attractive. And not a lot of people know how to iron their garments anymore. So I thought, you know, for a fashion convention, it, you know, and it was accepted. So I imagine someone was interested. Um, but I had a lot of fun writing it. I actually learned a lot, so I can, like, wash anything now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, unfortunately, though, because it was scheduled right in the hour between the fashion show and the couture showcase, I I had a few people attend, but it was, like, super late when they showed up. It was my, my um, I think my panel was scheduled for, like, uh, I want to say it was, like, uh, 12, 12.30 and, um, or, no, not 12.30, sorry. It was scheduled for, like... 2.30, I want to say. Yeah, it was like 2.30 to, to 3.30 or something of that nature. And um, actually, I have the schedule up. I can just stop guessing and actually give you a time. Um, so my panel was at 4.30. Oh, my God. I don't even know time. I have time dysplasia. So please, you're not going to be able to believe whatever time I tell you sometimes. But at 4.30. So it ended up being in a really weird panel room. Like, the space they have, the hotel, is beautiful. Um, the location is wonderful. It's got a great little setup and everything. But the panel rooms are extremely small. Yeah. Like, some of them were really good sizes for what they had because they had the limited, like I was telling you, the limited availability things where they cut off the amount of people who could attend. Like, some of the guest panels, like Triple Fortune. And um, some things were exclusively VIP and stuff like that. But when you have panels that you might be interested in that are just hard to find, sometimes you just give up, you know, because you don't want to have to search for a panel. I know that happens at Oticon <laughs> when they have panels that are kind of hidden away or when um, like Katsukon moved to its new venue. Like it was hard to find things. So you by the time you found it, you were so late into the panel that you were like, why do I even want to go? Um, thankfully people showed up so I did my panel and I taught people about how to clean the crap out of your clothes yay um, I'm going to be posting it on my um, the, my fashion page so if anybody ever wants to see that stuff or ask me please you can send me a PM I'm happy more than happy to help you out um, 
But yeah, so then of course there were other things um, that were going on, like the couture collections again. That was the fashion show after my panel, and I went to that, and it had it was basically kind of a one on one with some of the um, higher end designers, and that was really cool. Um, they even had some dandy panels for people who want to dress nice, like you, Ranma, or you, Ari. If you guys wanted to be dandies, they had a blackbird finery there. So they talked about, like, male fashion and and how to dress, like, put together and everything. So that was really cool. You might have to help um, me out with... I don't know how to dress like that. It's just that I won't be able to find shit in my size. That I oh, I know. No, like, I'm not saying that you don't know how to dress like that, Ari. I'm just saying, like, it's basically a guy who does this as a profession. Like, he's a professional tailor and stuff that is targeted to that market and he'd be able to give you like hints and tips on how to maybe like put together things you might not find cohesive or find things in your size he might know you know so they had different panels not only for women but also for men is what i was trying to get at you hmm. might have to send me links on next i may just be wanting to read up a little bit more about that yeah yeah me too um, Definitely. I'll definitely share that with you guys. I'm going to write up, I'm going to get my report up and I'll try and include a bunch of links for everyone so that they can go and see these different um, designers and things like that and check out their stuff. Um, and then, of course, they had things like the dark side of opera and um, how to avoid explo exploitation in alternative communities, not just like Lolita, but also goth and things of that nature. Um and then, of course, they had RuffleCon Drink and Draw, which was an amazing panel. I wasn't drunk. I was, I, I don't know, the designated drawer, if you will. Um, it was really cool. It was set up, unfortunately, it was ruined by a small group of people. <laughs> so it was set up to be like a formal drawing class. So you go in and you draw tastefully, scantily clad ladies and Oji in various forms of undress. Um, because it's a drink and draw, so it's 21+. plus. And um, so there were some people that were drunk, and then there were some people that just took it way too seriously. And it was like... How serious are we talking? Like shushing people. Like literally shushing people and being like, I'm trying to draw. And we're like, it's not even that serious, bro. <laughs> like they, they, oh my god. Like, we were in there enjoying it and, and having fun, and they put on some background music, so people were starting to sing along and trying to get into the spirit of it because people were on spirits. They had imbibed them and were enjoying them and trying to enjoy themselves while drawing squiggly lines of, of female figures. Like, what? what? <laughs> why, why are you going to shush someone? Um... So it was just, it was kind of ruined by those people and it just kind of brought a bunch of people down because no one could enjoy it because everybody had to make it their special moment because they're snowflakes. And so that occurred. Um, but you, there was also know, the... You know what oh, it oh. is? There are some people out there who use alcohol as a means to kind of focus, relax and work on stuff, which I kind of get, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, it was it was just frustrating. But they also had, um, I mean, during the um, actual fashion shows and stuff, they actually had this guy who's an amazing Snape impersonator. Amazing, fucking hilarious, hilarious guy. Um, he's also part Don't of. Know someone like that, Rama. Oh, oh, <laughs> she's talking about Nigel. I'm talking about Nigel. He is so fucking hilarious. 
That's the guy I'm thinking of. Nigel. Yes. yes. From Platform 1. From Platform 1. Because they actually performed. They were, I think, one of the musical guests. And they were amazing. Yes. I loved it. it. It, like, brought me back to my 90s goth days. Like, I don't I don't even know. I'm actually, um, I'm friends with this old lady. We go, she's really cool. I, I didn't get to meet him in person, but my friend Maddie actually knows him pretty well and has spoken with him. I don't know. I got a little, I get a little shy. I don't know. He seemed like a really cool dude. He seems he like a really is. sweet guy. But when I'm... I, I, you know, social awkwardness. Um, we hung out with, with him at Anime Next, not this past year, but last year. I got shown a picture of him, like, getting super close to a David Tennant cosplayer. And that was hilarious. I believe that was Dragon Con two years ago, and that was floating around as a meme, and my friend was like, that's my boyfriend. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it was really funny because the situation I was told was that, like, he and the David Tennant cosplayer were standing next to each other, and somebody asked if they could get a picture. And they were like, well, how close do you want us to... Or David Tennant, I, the David Tennant cosplayer was like, how close do you want us to be And she, out of 10? And she was like, 12... Or out of 11, because I think he was making a joke on his on his character. And she was like, uh, 12? And so that's what made up that meme, and that's why it went all viral and stuff, because she, in in, in as, as my friend Madeline says, she inadvertently created a fan fiction. Um, but yeah, so it was really cool. I was really excited to see all these bands that I hadn't seen, um, and I hadn't really heard of before. Like, I realized there are, you know, kind of parody bands or bands that are based on Harry Potter and things of that nature, because, you know, I, I like steampunk giraffe, the steam powered giraffe. And I know like there are Abney Park and things like that, that there are focused kind of not, they have a a shtick. There's a bands bands that have shticks that go with certain geekdoms. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about all the musical guests, especially because Misbehaving Maidens, obviously, but that's like my bias. Okay. Um, now, now, Sunday. Sunday. Yes. So Sunday. Um, unfortunately, um, there wasn't a lot that I wanted to do on Sunday. So I actually um, was packed up and stuff, I think, on Saturday night because I try to be packed up the day before because trying to get out of the hotel is hell yeah um so i ended up waking up and there were a few um i made a few friends as you do um and i ended up going to a few different panels there were a few panels that were all at the same time obvi like every time you want to go to a bunch of panels they all happen at one time um but i was able to get to a lot of them and enjoy them um and then of course i got to see some of my friends before we left for the day um and it was really nice to be able to see uh, things like the 101s for things like steampunk fashion and stuff like that because I always like to learn. I never, ever think I'm a professional at anything. Everybody always says, oh, my God, you you know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. You must you know, you know, must have been doing this for a while. I go, I, I have been, but I don't ever consider myself <laughs> – I never consider myself very highly on the totem pole. My friends always, like – my friend Paulina, like, punched me in the boob after I won. She was like, I know you won. And I was like – I I never I never see myself at that point because I've always had this weird complex of, of not having very good confidence, but I know that I know my things. I can spew out all the information you want me to, to teach you. I can do that. Um, but I always find that you can learn something new. Everybody has different perspectives, and even if you've been doing this for years, there's always something someone else is thinking about a different way 
of how to do it or a different perspective on the topic. And you can learn from that. So I like to go to the 101s, even if it's something that I think I have seen everything for. Um, and so there were just a lot of panels like that on Sunday. Um, and then, of course, there's the tea party that everybody likes to go to. My friend Maddie uh, got to go and enjoyed some some time with uh, some of the special guests. She got seated with Triple Fortune, so she really, really enjoyed that. And um, they had different raffle items. And, of course, they had, like, goodie bags and things like that, which is a very um, traditional thing for a brand tea party to, uh, to, to have. Um, when you have a fashion tea party at specific events like this, a lot of the times they're sponsored or they have, uh, like, a theme to them and, and they have giveaways and things like that to, you know, basically drum up interest in, in, this, in the sponsorship and stuff. Um, it was really funny, though, because on Sunday, uh, in between all of this, I was hanging out. We, the marketplace was amazing. Um, my friend Paulina had a table in the marketplace, and I think I went down there and I spent probably a third of my weekend in the marketplace, honestly, because I just wanted to be around my friends and they all wanted to go to the marketplace. But it was really awkward because I was standing in the tea and absinthe booth and Bobby from Triple Fortune, who I'd never met before in my life. And I don't know that much Japanese. I'm sorry. I am. I'm, I'm good enough that I can I can empathize and I can kind of figure out what you want from me if you're speaking to me in Japanese. But. If it gets any farther than, like, the basic, oh, hi, my name is, you know, uh, and, like, introductions and things like that, I'm just like, I don't, I have no idea what you're saying. Love you, but I don't know. So she came in, and she was pointing at the teacups and stuff, because obviously tea and absinthe. And she was like, this is so cute. Does this box come with it? Of course, not speaking Japanese well enough. I, I, I'm like, I can't be like, I don't work here. I'm sorry, because I don't want to be a rude asshole. And I don't want to lose the sale, because being a fellow vendor myself, I, I do conventions. I don't want to lose the sale for them. And I don't want to be an asshole to the guest, because that's just poor taste. So I'm like, uh, um, <laughs> this is the vendor over here. And I'm trying to, like, gesture with my hand, but I don't, I'm not saying that in Japanese. So she's just kind of like, um, she just kind of looks at me. And I look at her, and I'm, like, trying to gesture to the vendor. And she looks back at the teacups, and I'm like, <laughs> this person wants help. I go over to the vendor. I'm like, this person, this is the guest. She needs some help. And and um, I, I was able to answer her questions, basically. <laughs> like, yes, the box comes with it. And then she had an interest in absinthe. Like, she didn't know what the absinthe dripper was. And I thought that was funny and adorable. Because we were like, no, no, it's for absinthe. And she was like, what's absinthe? And we were like, it's liquor. And she was like, oh, okay. But it was just I, a very I, I, awkward interaction because I'd never interacted with a guest in that way before. I, Ichigo, it's, Ichigo, it's really weird. Ichigo, I think mm. you're at the point where Mako-chan is interested because you said the secret word. Oh, Mako-chan, what, 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 what did I say? Absinthe. Yes, yes. They had absinthe strippers, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> really? They like had, the whole setup? Yes, like the beautiful glass ones that have the decorative... Um, like the decorative metal parts and everything. Nice. Like and the little, they look like pretty. Like the spigots with the uh, sugar cube and all that good stuff. Yeah, with the sugar cube dripper and everything. They were beautiful. Yeah, tea and absinthe, man. They were awesome and they were super nice. Like they were super nice. And the tea that I got from them was like a rose marzipan tea. It's one of my top faves. I want to say, it's really really good. Okay, so. But, yeah. Ruffle con overall. Overall. So pros. Tons of fun. 
got to see a bunch of my comm mates, which I, I, I see them pretty regularly, but I always love spending time with them because they are my favorite frillies. And then participating in a contest that is fashion based and actually kind of proving my, my worth. I don't know. It's, I know it sounds really weird and it sounds very, very, uh, strange. Um, but it was, it was very fulfilling. Um, cons. Um, there were issues apparently with mold in the hotel, mm. um, in multiple spaces, in multiple rooms, unfortunately. Um, there were was issues. Was it in your room? No, it wasn't in our room, thankfully. It was just, but unfortunately, if it's in one room, it's going to circulate the air of the whole, of the whole hotel. Like, because yeah. um, my, my roommates and I were having some like breathing issues and stuff like that, like sniffles and things, but. We didn't know what it was. We thought it was just that the AC was on all the time, but um, I'm thinking it was probably that it was mold just proliferating throughout the hotel. Um, and then uh, some, you know, I know that they've got growing pains they're going through, as any convention does. Um, unfortunately, they had a dip in attendance, I think, last year, and I don't know if they saw the growth that they were expecting this year. Um, so I'm hoping that they continue to grow because I yeah. love them as an event, and they were super fun. Um, and the ability to connect so many different people over different genres, not just like anime shows, you know, anime shows are anime shows and comic book shows are comic book shows. They all usually attract different factions of people, but being able to bring multiple types of styles together, that's awesome. Um, as far as more cons, um, yeah, just the lack of, of organization because of the growing pains, I think. Um, that was just a little disheartening. But overall, the convention, I would say, for me, is probably a four um, out of five. Okay. Yeah. that's that's. I think that's my final verdict on it because it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot of new things, and there were a lot of things I could do, um, even late at night. Um, but, of course, the, the organization and the... Uh, maybe the formatting of panels and stuff could do a, a, with a little bit of, of brushing up. So that's basically my two cents on that subject. Awesome. Would you go back next year? Yeah, actually, I um, with my winning, I won a sewing machine for myself and a uh, an entry ticket for next year. So I'll be going back. <laughs> well, if it's not the same weekend as AAC, I might have to. Sh I may have to go and check it out and do this dandy style. Ooh, I would love it! Oh my god, I need more men in my RuffleCon. That'd be so awesome. Well, my hubs might be coming too. So, well, I look at it this way: if it goes down, me and Ari will show up. We'll be your dandies, and Mako Chan will be in the absinthe room all weekend. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> you see. <laughs> All right. That that sounds awesome. I think we need the crew. We get the dandy crew on. It'll be awesome. We'll all look so fly. You do realize the opening from Space Dandy is going through my head now, you know? Uh, yeah, I yeah. saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that we got that out the way, um, I am going to go ahead and open the Skype line. Um, while that's coming online... We're going to go ahead and do open forum topic because we ran out of time um, to talk about basic, uh, the normal news. So we'll probably, most likely we'll, we'll say. Shouldn't, shouldn't we talk about at least the one article or thing that relates to the open forum topic? 
Oh yeah, that yeah, we will do that. All right. All right, well, I think that's something for you, Mako. So you take care of that because that's that's you. You're the one that loves this Pokemon. Yeah, well, you're gonna pull the uh, song up for me. Uh, actually, I am. Yay! So, um, the adorable new Pokemon Mimikyu is uh, in one of the newest. Uh, I guess, video previews for Pokemon Sun and Moon. And just like in some of the past uh, video fun that Nintendo has been putting out, uh, this Pokemon now has its own theme song. And it's adorable and somewhat heartbreaking. But I I love this Pokemon. Pokemon. It's just so fucking cute. Shall we go ahead and play the song? Yeah. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase SPEAR. Why do I have this feeling you're going to do a Mimikyu cosplay? Because I am. I oh my god, it. I want to Lolita Mimikyu? Hmm? Uh, Lolita Mimikyu? Um, some sort of, uh, Genjinka. Mm. I've, I've seen a couple of different outfits. It's just a matter of... Because basically it, it has to be a kind of burlap looking fabric and I can't imagine that that would feel good as an outfit <laughs> oh girl you yeah. talk to me and I'll hook you up with something that looks like burlap but feels like silk we we could do this nice oh shit you, you, you know it's real what Ichigo says she got this yeah um it, it's just it's so freaking adorable and I love this Pokemon and I seriously can't wait for the game just to get this damn Pokemon. Okay, alright. Now that we got that out the way, um, we're going to go ahead and do the open forum topic. And I've started to notice on our Facebook page when you go there, it starts rotating photos, which is pretty cool. The open forum topic is where we ask all of you a question or topic about, an anime, about a topic that pertains to tonight's show, whether it's anime conventions or anything along those lines. If you don't want us to use your real name, please put a different name before you post your answer, and we ask that you keep it civil. Uh, while we got that together, um, we have two answers uh, from Matthew Cubone and from Kelly, the Aloha Diglett Trio. Fair enough. That already has its own theme song. <laughs> well, while we got that together, our Skype line is blowing up here. Um, 
If you want to call us on Skype, our Skype name is Anime Jam Session. And due to time constraints, all calls are cut to two minutes. So we have our first caller on the Skype line. You're live with Anime Jam Session. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's our Regenerator. Hey, Regenerator. How's it going? Uh, well, that's a half-hour complaint, but I won't get into that now. i got two minutes for this call. Yeah. Uh, but for... Um, the reason for my cause, I'd like to pose um, a semi-random uh, question that's kind of in the, you know, in the theme for uh, the show is uh, in general. Um, what now? I think it's safe to say that the three of you, or well, four of you, uh, you know, plus the listeners here, listen or you know, watch anime to one degree or another. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, what was the uh, the one or handful of shows that you initially saw, uh, in as far as anime goes, that say, you know what, this anime stuff is actually halfway decent. I think I, 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 I actually like this. I, I think I'll, you know, get into anime as a uh, genre and search out more shows or more episodes of this show, oh, or whatever. I can easily answer that. Ranma one half. I will tell the short, short version of this. Me and my cousin go to the video store. They were had Japanese games. They were Super Famicom games. I rented the Ranma one half video game, played it, found out there was an American translation of it. Went out, and bought that. Made a friend at this game st- at this game shop. We hung out. He hooked me up with copies of the episodes. He's like, this is an actual series. He was like my, he was my hookup from that point on. That's how I fell and got into anime. And I was like, you know what? This is really cool. I like this. I want more. Okay. Hey. Ari, Ichigo, Mako. Um, well, in high schools, you know, it's like all about Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. But when I got into college and I joined up in a fraternity, like one of my, the guy who got me into it, he was in all anime and video games too. And the ones I saw at that point that really solidified it for me was Ramoni Kenshin, Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. Mm. Oh, cool. Well, for me starting out with anime, I actually started out with things like battle angel Alita and project echo. So I'm like dating. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I know I'm like one of the younger ones on here, but I feel like I'm dating myself because of, I loved slayers. I loved all the old style stuff um i mean what really cemented it for me i guess was like trigon was one of my my first ones and then of course manga wise um like graphic novel wise i think i was i was reading ronmo one half but i was doing more so the graphic novel series um with that which was one of my favorite because i used to go to the library and just like read and read and read all the manga um things like american um American comic books also cemented it for me. I know that that sounds really weird, but things like ElfQuest, um, mm-hmm. things like that actually brought me more interest into the Japanese anime um, art style. So I, you know, I got hooked on a lot of that early on stuff. And now, it, I mean, like nowadays what cements it for me, I think, are more of the horror and comedy. So like Danganronpa or things like Food Wars. Um, those are a lot of fun now, but it was it was overall it was like the '80s style anime that got me hooked. Uh, cool. uh, for me, it wasn't necessarily going. Oh, hey, this is anime. 
Um, I'm just a big animation fan in general. So growing up, I've always watched these different cartoons. And as I grew older, realized that, oh, hey, you know, they're from Japan. So, you know, let's see more of that style. So it wasn't necessarily a single series, but just a general of more of the Saturday morning cartoons that I used to watch. Most of them were actually translated Japanese anime. And, you know, just keeping, keep watching those and watching other things that the creators had made. It just uh, grew from there. So it wasn't really necessarily one specific show. Huh. Yeah, uh, at least for me, <clears throat> now, well, granted, when it was first airing way back in the day, now I'm here on a showing my age, but I used to love the shit out of Voltron, uh, specifically the oh, line yeah. Voltron. Not mm-hmm. so much the vehicle, you know, Voltron, but I loved Voltron. It, it, it wasn't until years later that it dawned on me, hey, it's anime, but, um, um, for the longest time, I really haven't seen any anime aside from that. But is when I did uh, eventually get um, a PlayStation Three, and they launched their video store on that, you know, they had tons of anime on there. I thought, you know what? Just for the sake of it, I'll check yeah uh, episode here out or episode there out, see if I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, start, you know, I picked. Well, I thought it was some random stuff at the time that I absolutely loved. Like, um, for example, um, uh, there's um, Gunslinger Girl. Yeah. Yeah, ended up getting an entire series on PSN when I still had the PS3. Um, ended up getting, um, ooh, damn. Um, uh, there's... Um, Another one, ooh, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Ooh, I, well, I, um, it, uh, it, uh, you know, it, I forget the name of it, but it's basically like a cross between X Files with Mission Impossible. It, uh, I, I can probably mention it later, uh, later on as soon as I do research, but mm-hmm. I end up rebuying it on the Microsoft service. Uh, and, uh, then of course, uh, you know, I'm probably going to butcher the guy's name, um, you know, but Na- Naoki you know, Matsura's monster. Right, right. Yeah. Um, there's that, and of course, Bleach. Now, granted, yeah. I haven't seen every episode of Bleach yet. I'm only midway through episode, no, or se- season three, but that's a good one. And, um, of course, I also love uh, uh, the Devil May Cry, uh, Cry enemy, and oh, let's not forget. Phil Mel Alchemist, uh, both both series, but I tend to like uh, Brotherhood a little bit better. Okay, cool. So you have anything else for us, bro, before we wrap uh, things up? Uh, no, that'll be it. All right, cool. Thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate it. All right, have a nice night. You too. Thank you, Regenerator. We always look forward to your phone calls. So let's go ahead. Um, Pokemon that deserves theme songs. Me, personally, I think Fennekin is one, because Fennekin is awesome. What about y'all? Hawlucha. Okay, I, I can get with that. The, the, the thing is a professional wrestler as it is, so why not? 
Okay, um, Ichigo, Mako. All of them. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, no, I seriously think that Weird Al needs to put out a new Poke Rep. Okay. Oh. Also, or, uh, I was thinking like... Poke Rep, too. I was thinking like yes, 800, 900 plus image songs. I don't know. I feel like Snorlax needs a song. But doesn't Snorlax already has a song? Does he? I know he has the flute. I know you have to play the flute to wake him up to get him out of the way. No, I mean like, actual. No specific image song. Though. Yeah. I don't think oh. so. Okay. Well, I th- well. Oh well. I thought I thought so, but I guess I was wrong on that. So, anywho, now that we got that out the way, we're gonna go ahead and close out Gio's Skype line, and then we're gonna go into the. I would say the best part of the show, or one of the fun parts of the show. Strange news from Japan. And I think Mako-chan kind of outdid herself. I try. But I think the article that I found tops pretty much... I'm not going to say it tops what you brought up there, but it, it's up there. And if you well, have, it's... Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you're, you you got to see this. All right. Singer Hide dressed up as Harley Quinn for a Halloween concert and pretty much broke the internet in Japan. And I want you to know, there were people on my personal Facebook that thought that Hide was a girl. No, he's just that damn good. And that damn pretty. Yep. I mean... He did make one damn hot Harley. Yes, and he kind of looks like my friend Heather. And I gotta, I gotta tell her this, and she's a... Is, yeah, I see it. So, in Japan, Halloween is taken off as a full-fledged party holiday. And, you know, as we do things here, things are done slightly different there. So, what happened was, Mega Rockstar Hide debuted his Harley Quinn costume at his Vamps annual Halloween event in Tokyo. Vamps is the band that he created and he runs with. And pretty much the entire internet has pretty much have lost their shit. Mind you, Hide is 47 years old. I hope to look that young at 47. That's what you get for bathing in the blood of your virgin fangirls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not for nothing, Maka, you kind of look like this Harley when you get angry? <laughs> if you snarl like that, I can kind of see the resemblance. Yeah, okay. No, really. It never ceases being bizarre that Suicide Squad did pretty well in Japan, so it's not surprising he they did that. Did this, so uh, Across... His Instagram and his group's Twitter account, you were hearing stuff along the lines of, that's a 47-year-old man, or, I guess I'll quit being a woman. Hide is doing it better, and this is too perfect. And he actually had a personalized bat that said Vamps Halloween on it. Hide is is most famous for his work as lead singer and songwriter of of Lock and CL, and founding the band Vamps with guitarist Kaz. He's an accomplished writer, songwriter, producer, and actor who has performed in sold-out shows across the world. 
we sort of feel like, feel like he could throw his hat into the ring to be a leg model as well. You know, people don't think about it, but men have surprisingly good gams under all that hair. Yep. Hide has also done cosplays from Rosin Maiden, Mad Max, and Black Butler. Wow. Okay, Mako-chan. Oh, I'm next. Hi. Okay. So, it seems that, um... A sushi restaurant is opening up a new branch in the Akasaka, Akasaka neighborhood of Tokyo. Um, this branch is going to have a, a, an historical theme and it's going to be portrayed as if it were Edo. Um, you know, that period lasted between 1603 and 1868. So there's going to be kabuki gallery seating, uh, biobu folding screens, and various uh, ukiyo-e prints. And yeah, it, it's just, it looks so cool. Um... They're going to be doing a more traditional style of preparation for their sushi that Ooh. you'll actually be able to sit and watch. Um, the concepts that they'll actually have some whole fish there that they'll be filleting right in front of you. Uh, so it's actually kind of cool. So if you're planning on taking a trip into Tokyo and enjoy your sushi... This uh, seems like a fun place to sit and hang out. Yeah, I kind of like that. I would definitely go in as a member of Shinshingumi, you know, sitting down and having sushi here. Yeah, I don't know that I would cosplay going into something like this, but that would be fun. True, true. It sounds it like tastes. it sounds like a more formal one where you pay um, a certain pricing and then the chef is who chooses your like your sashimi and your nigiri because it sounds like it's the type of place where they keep like the rice at room temperature so it melts in your mouth and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we'll see, I guess, when it when it gets all established. Yeah, because right mm -hmm. now they're just showing concept art for it. It opens uh, Thursday. So then we'll probably see more uh, realistic-looking pictures and such. But it's cool, and I want to go. It looks very small and intimate, which seems like something you would enjoy if you were looking more to uh, embrace the culture. Okay. Who wants to take the next one? Actually, Ichio, you take the last one. Ari, you take the last one. You just told both of them to take the last one. God damn it! <laughs> In other words, Ichigo, you take the next one. Yeah, that's what Ooh. I meant. Yes, I will take the the next one because it fits my whole my whole style. <laughs> that too. I mean, 
for those of you, I mean, we are on a podcast, so those of you who don't know me in real life, I am a traditional goth. I do traditionally dress up in goth and Lolita in my everyday life. Um, so, Japan's love-granting witchcraft apples on stale, sale again. Oh, on stale. Mm, if they've been there for Ooh. a year, maybe. Um, just in time for Halloween. Their limited quantities, premium pricing, and purportedly magical results. Halloween is fast approaching. I mean, it's in like six days, guys. Get on it. <laughs> but are you one of the many people who's gotten so caught up in day-to-day -day affairs that you've been neglecting to polish your witchcrafting skills? If so, don't beat yourself up. In our modern, busy society, many people don't even have enough time to keep their cauldron on a steady boil, much less fill it with magical ingredients they've harvested themselves. Thankfully... Japan's black cat magic shop, Koroneko Majutsuten in Japanese, is here to help you out by providing customers with the raw materials they need for spellcasting. So if you're feeling lovelorn, you'll be happy to know that the company is currently taking orders for enchanting, love-granting apples. <laughs> Sorry, it rhymed, made me giggle. Um, it's okay, we forgive you. Previously available last February, the new crop of black cadget, cat, ooh, I love, uh, cat and magic, black cat magic shops, poison apple of love's desire has come in. That's actually a bit of a misnomer, seeing as how the apples don't actually contain any poison, nor are their purported magical properties supposed to harm the eater. But we're not about to pick a fight over linguistics with a company that claims to have control over supernatural forces. Grown at the foot of the Dewa Sanzen Mountains in the Yamagata Prefecture, the poison apples have the ability to make the object of your unrequited affection fall in love with you. So for all of you with those ships that you were waiting for, I guess you're ready for them now. Each piece of fruit comes individually packaged and includes instructions for proper spellcasting. Um, I feel like this item is all in fun and... In general, it's one of those cute things that comes out during Halloween time. The quantities are extremely limited. They only have 18 poison apples in their latest batch. And orders can be placed on their website for 10,800 yen or roughly 105 US dollars a piece. Which is either an extremely hefty price for a single piece of fruit or an attractively affordable fee for a life-changing sorcery. Now, if you're used to the prices of fruit and vegetables in Japan, you'll know that they do have specialty fruits and vegetables, especially things like strawberries, which I'm named for, um, that are very expensive and are usually grown in different situations. They have a completely albino strawberry that has no color to it but has flavor to it. That it's, it's just the way that Jap the Japanese like kind of grow their fruit. I'm sure you guys have heard of the whiskey watermelons and things like that. Yes, mm -hmm. so, yes. So this price tag is not a surprise to me at all. What do you guys think? Well, it's surprising to me how much it costs for a single piece of fruit. The price, yeah. Not surprised, Yeah, that it better still. be an amazingly good apple. It better be orgasmically good, yeah. As, as or said or as soon as I finish eating it, I should have men bowing down to me. <laughs> That's like, it, it has to be one or the other. 
I feel like that's a harem inducing apple. I don't know. I don't know if one apple could cause a harem of, of men or women to to be attracted to you. I don't know. I can be a female tunchy. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> you gotta so you're gonna be fine with like mad scientist one to do your bones. Okay. Tanchina. <laughs> that would that would actually be very interesting. I so don't who's know. Be the, uh, who's gonna be the uh, Ayame and uh, who's it? Ryoka. Ryoko. Ryoko and Ayaka. Ayaka and Ryoka. I couldn't blank on the names. Okay. And Hiroshi and Kione and. Okay. Bonus. Yeah, okay. So yeah, which ones are Ronma and I gonna? <laughs> Okay, bonus bonus points to Bob Coffee. He says that store needs to do a collab with Love Live Sunshine's Johanne character. Yes, you yes. That would be very interesting and amazing. Yes, it would. Okay, Ari, all yours, my friend. All right, then let me bring it up. Man arrested in Japan for stockpiling throwing stars and knives because he likes ninja. He has the arsenal of Japan's Shadow Warriors, but not their stealth. Shortly before noon on October 7th, a municipal police officer on patrol in the coastal town of, of Jotsu in Niigata Prefecture spotted a car parked in a vacant lot. As he approached to investigate, he noticed the vehicle was occupied by a 58-year-old man who was sleeping inside it. The officer woke the man and asked him who he was and why he was sleeping in a lot. He identified himself as an employee of a company located in the city, but during the course of the conversation... The officer noted a collection of bladed instruments inside the vehicle. Dozens of them, and not just knives, but shuriken as well. In addition to strict gun control laws, Japan also has regulations regarding the possession and transport of blades, and so the man was arrested and taken into custody on suspicion of violating the swords and firearms control law. Through question, he told the authorities that he purchased knives from military paraphernalia stores or through mail order services, and as for the shuriken, he handcrafted them by repurposing lawnmower blades so that he could throw them for his own amusement. When asked by the authorities just what he was doing with such a large arsenal blade of weaponry, the man simply stated, I like ninja. And that's a direct quote, people. Ninja undeniably cool of him liking it was a crime, at least half the people who work for Rocket News 24 would be in jail right now, but while the cops have no problems with you dressing up a shinobi for Halloween or attending the Ninja Academy, they do take issue with you arming yourself like you're getting ready to go to war with the Koga clan. The statement from the police indicates they seize approximately 170 knives and shuriken because really, once your in-car stash of ninja weapon passes 100 pieces, the exact number doesn't really matter so much anymore. The police already have all the evidence they need. For fuck's sake, people. <laughs> Uh, now, how many times did this officer look at the at the collection of uh, DIY shuriken and back at this guy and just keep going back and forth a couple times? You know what I mean? I don't know, man. What the hell are you playing? <laughs> oh my god! Is that ninja rap? Yep. Okay. came to mind. Face palm no jutsu. <laughs> can you... 
can't blame me. I mean, come on. Would you feel better if we took our final break? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to take our final break and wrap things up. We'll be back.
we did run a little late this time, but given this is pretty much our first time talking about RuffleCon, I think it was well-deserved. Thanks again for letting me come on and do that. I know it's a little bit of a weird convention, but it does touch on our culture. True, true. Um, it was entertaining to listen to. Hell yeah. I think you got me convinced to go next year. I hope so. I know it doesn't touch a lot on geek culture, but I'm really geeky about textiles. Think, and it has a lot of stuff to, think to this, talk about. I think this is still part of our geek culture anyway. Plus, I do know a few friends who do go. And it would be good to see them, you know. So, def- so I'm definitely looking at it, you know. So, anywho, our review of that will be up on our site shortly. But in the meantime, if you like what you heard... Tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions, ideas, planes, trains, automobiles, or anything along those lines, then let us know. You can drop us an email at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And as always, all of our information can be found on our official website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post our convention reports, links to our photos, links to our videos, uh, cosplay tutorials, and other things that we may want to talk about, including anime reviews. And also our weekly podcast. Now, if you have trouble accessing our site for the weekly podcast, you can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, Tune in radio and Google Play. Then while after all that, definitely check us out at youtube.com slash anime jam session TV where we post all of our convention videos, uh, cosplayer interviews, and other cool stuff that we see at conventions. If you want to follow us on YouTube, you can find me at youtube.com slash DJ S. Ari is at the is Ari22682. You can find Mako over at Jupe Luna and Ichigo is over at Ichigo Gami. Follow us there if you also want to see not just what playlists we might like, but up stuff that we may upload as well. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session is our official Twitter page. So follow us there for updates in regards to our website, podcasts, and other cool things. If you want to interact with us on uh, Twitter, you can find me at Twitter.com slash DJRonMaS. Uh, Ari is at the Ari Man. Mako Chan's over at Joe Videa, and you got Ichigo over at Ichigo Gami. And then there's our ever popular Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Anime Jam Session. And I just have to say to all of our 3,000 plus fans, uh, thank you very much. Um, we truly appreciate it. As long as you continue to like the page and so forth, we'll continue to bring you a lot of content. Um, if you want to interact with us on Facebook. You can find me at facebook.com slash imdjronmas, or that djronmas guy. Ari's over at Ari Rockefeller. Mako's over at Makoto Mako-chan Kino. And you can find Ichigo over at Ichigo Gami. And don't forget, we're not the only uh, geek podcast on this network. And before we tell you that list of geeky shows, uh, we are here on the VOG Network twice a week. We're live on Tuesdays at 9.30 with Encore Thursdays at 2.00. But there are other cool geek-centric podcasts on this network. You can find it. You can check out the Suburb Power Coupling podcast, The Geek Card, Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, and Game Buoy. And don't forget, I believe Vognetwork.com, where you can find the latest episodes of Pokestop Podcasts. 
I'm going to go around the room. Last words. Ari. Festival of the Lost is happening in Destiny. It's so much fun so far. Mm. Mako. I'm sleepy. Thought you were grumpy. Har, 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 har. Ichigo. I'm gonna get back to cleaning my studio now. For me, I have a sink full of dishes I need to clean, and I got a package from Old Navy with my new slacks. I gotta hang those up. And I also want to say special congratulations to my baby sister Heather for getting married over the weekend. Oddly enough, she got married on Sailor Venus's birthday. I'm just like, how the hell did you pull that shit off? So that is, I know that is it. End of list. We're getting out of here. So let's see. We'll be here next Tuesday. We'll be here up until the holidays when we take our usual break. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Johnny. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Let's see if I can go for a two for here. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. All right. We're out of here. Quick and relatively painless. Quick, leave now. Relatively. Oh, God. Jamatane!